one. Hello and welcome to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin. A little bit later this week, we decided it would be nice to sleep in uh, after what was really... Um, there's always one of these... I, I tweeted this yesterday, Austin. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's always one of these Saturdays every single fall where you and I, people who live here, who are loosely tied to the media here, like hype Very up... Loosely. Like hype up utah college football all year long and we're like man like utah byu utah state they all need to be getting more Mm -hmm. national respect and every year without fail one saturday is just like back to earth yeah it's just like the most embarrassing day ever and you're like oh yeah like utah's not alabama and byu byu's not notre dame like Mm -hmm. The, the expectations that we sometimes have are just totally far-fetched and out there and nowhere near reality. But hey, at least Utah State won. So that, that's nice. But how, how was your, what what I would, yesterday was bloody Saturday, at least for me. It, 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 was, it was a massacre. And yeah, yeah I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought up that point to, to start because I was actually thinking about that this morning. And I was like, you know, last year we got so spoiled having three 10 win teams in the state it was the best year ever for college football last year and i think we we all arrived into this season expecting that to be the case every year for the rest of our lives that we would just have just you know the most magical experience watching uh watching our local teams just you know dominate you know and take the national stage and and it is just like you said it was like a real like um rude awakening uh, I think I think we we found out a lot. It, it's kind of like, you know, we, it, like if you really like have a crush on somebody, and then you find out how they really feel about you, and your feelings get really hurt. It's kind of <laughs> like that same feeling. Like you, you like when you get like you, your sense of reality is so skewed, and then when it comes back to to earth, uh, it it hurts. And I, I think that was kind of the feeling after uh, after yesterday's uh, games. But you know, kudos to Utah State. That I, that, that was a take. That was a positive takeaway. Um, that you know they they definitely probably put their season back on the right path, but for BYU and Utah, that those that was pretty rough. Yeah, was 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 definitely like not a great day all all around. It, it was it was just you know not not super positive. But let let's start with the team at one because sometimes I feel like Utah State kind of gets a short end of a stick for the G five program. Like they have a team that's up in Logan that's kind of disjointed and separated and sometimes i feel like they get a little bit undercovered but they they balled out yesterday and you know it it was an interesting game i'll I'll say that air force really did control the first half uh utah state was not able to stop air force's running game um brad roberts had an absolutely majestic day at fullback or whatever you want to call that position Mm -hmm. air force runs out of uh 29 carries for 136 yards like pretty pretty good day for him 29 carries is a lot yeah Um, yeah yeah pretty good day for him but um utah state turned it around in the second half i'll say this what what i was most impressed by was the coaching 
And I know I've been kind of critical and yes, there were some dumb penalties during this game that were like, man, what are you guys doing? And it was this, that, and the other thing occasionally for, for this Utah state team. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Austin, by and large, like this was, this was the best game they played all year. It felt like everything that they've gone through thus far was kind of culminating into this into this moment and uh it, it was nice to see nice to see the the Aggies get a win yeah no you're totally right and I you know the coaching was was definitely a highlight of the game but you know I think the the story really from a player's perspective has to be Cooper Lega um you know those two touchdowns he scored uh late in the fourth you know to to go ahead and and secure the win were, were huge um, I, I have a thought and I want to say it very carefully because I don't want to be misinterpreted. Um, I'm not, I'm, what I'm not trying to say is that it was a good thing that Logan Bonner got in, injured because it's, if, you know, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm happy that, you know, a guy, you know, you know, had a career ending injury. I do think what, what I do feel confident saying though, is that I think it, gives it gave utah state a chance to hit the reset button on their on their season you know logan bonner just was not playing very well he wasn't the same guy he was last year um and i think now that they're forced to to go to cooper Lega, i think i think the season's starting over and they've got a chance to turn things around and, and hopefully pick up a little bit of steam in the conference schedule yeah no, i i i understand what you're saying the i would put it this way the offense is no doubt more dynamic when Cooper Lega is playing quarterback because he just gives you something Logan Bonner couldn't give you. Logan Bonner was just after you get hurt so many times the way he did last year and coming off a really huge knee surgery, like you get a little tentative running the football and you you think once or twice before taking hits and you're just playing a little bit nervous because who wants to tear their ACL again, Austin? Like that seems like a really not fun time to me. I never played football, but I can tell you this. I would not want to tear my ACL once, let alone twice within the span of six months. And what Cooper Lega does has is this fearlessness and this ability to get out of a pocket and make plays with his legs and keep the play alive that Logan Bonner just didn't have towards the end of his time because he was kind of shell-shocked by those injuries. And I don't blame anyone for being shell-shocked by tearing their ACL. It's a totally normal human response. So I I feel what you're saying. Cooper Lagarde did look great. You know, 18 for 23. That's really good. I mean, it's really, really, really good. They did not ask him to throw a ton. This game was mainly on the ground. But to me, the star of the game was Calvin Tyler, who got his first touchdown of the year, ran for over 100 yards, kept the ball moving, kept the ball out of Air Force's hands in the second half. And, you know, Brian Cobbs again showed up. He's a stud. We know this now. Eight receptions, 136 yards, and a touchdown feels like he can put up that stat line every single week. Um, Just a really great game for Utah State, and they needed to win this, Austin. Like, that's just the simple truth. If they did not win this game, 
they were probably a lock to not be a bowl team this year. And even though it might, you know, not end up the way that Utah State fans had hoped the rest of the way, there could be more struggles, but it certainly feels like they're going to get this thing turned around at this point. And, you know, the schedule's winnable. And it does feel like with two wins, there are four more wins on this schedule and that you can get to bowl eligibility. And that, considering the start of this season, is just a massive win. Yeah, no, it has to be. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I, just just as we said at the top of the show, like this, this isn't going to be twenty twenty one. You know, I think I think we can safely scratch out a magical, you know, run to a conference championship. It doesn't seem like the team's there. I mean, it would be kind of surprising. The, like, I think the Mountain West is still pretty wide open. Um, you know, a lot of the teams that we've seen be consistently good are not good this year. Um, Boise State comes to mind as being someone who's being a program that's down. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. To, I mean, they had such a horrible stretch early on with losses to Alabama, a, a pr- like probably one of the worst losses in program history against Weber State, UNLV, um, BYU. So, you know, I, I, I totally see four more wins. Um, Colorado State does not look very good. Um, it, they'll probably have a little bit of a challenge, you know, flying across the ocean uh, to play Hawaii. San Jose State might be tricky. Boise State, I think, is going to give them a game. Um, so they're going to have to fight for bowl eligibility, but it, it's, it's certainly more reachable now than it was before. And I'll just say this. I personally don't believe it just because it's it, – you basically have to win out. But if they won out, a Mountain West Conference title berth is not out of reach because you still have to play Wyoming, who's ahead of you in the standings. You still have to play CSU, who's ahead of you in the standings. And you finish the season with Boise State. And if you win out and that game with Boise State matters at the end of the year and you end up being a one-loss conference team uh, against a Boise state team that I would guess probably loses somewhere before somewhere else as well, before the season is done, that game becomes huge at the end of the year. And there's, you know, I'm not, you know, the the people I work with are very high on the Aggies and think that that's a real possibility. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not as, I'm but not as bear up. in mind. They've only won two games. They beat the worst team in the country, right. UConn. And then they, they, they grinded out a win against Air Force. So let's not yeah. get too far ahead of ourselves, but I I, it, I mean, it's not yeah. possible. It's it's not impossible. That's all I want to say. I'm not quite there yet. The next two games are going to be tough. It's road trips to Fort Collins and Laramie. And Laramie has got, Will, you know, Andrew Peasley, who wants to... Oh, I'm sure he does. ...destroy Utah State. <laughs> So, by the way, how how fun do road trips to Fort Collins and Laramie, Wyoming sound? Oh, that 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 that's. I'm not good. gonna. I'm not gonna diss. Carol laughs. By the way, by the way, I'm not gonna diss on Fort Collins. Fort Collins is a lovely town. Mm. I I I spent some considerable time. That's in, right. You are a Colorado guy. That's right. In Fort Collins in April when I went out with my younger brothers. It is a lovely town. Some great restaurants. Some mm-hmm. nice college got bars. Applebee's. Like, they've got like, Taco Bell. Yeah, like they've got some good college bars. Like it's it's a solid town to just hang out and, you know, 
get drunk in the mountains if you're a college kid like that that's like kind of a perfect spot and i i love fort collins you know i have a very special spot in my heart for fort collins that's where my parents met in college that's where mm. my dad went for and mom went your dad for... carve your mom's name into like a tree trunk or something but they were in the forest service so it like that i i don't see my dad being being that type of guy but but you know it's always it's always a possibility mm -hmm. but laramie man laramie uh, i got nothing nice to say about laramie it's windy it's flat and there are a lot of gas a lot of truck stops like mm -hmm. you know pack 12's thing is like no truck stops or whatever a lot of truck stops in laramie so uh yeah man it's uh it's so you a, could assume uh, there are a lot of serial killers that go through there as well as yeah well. Yeah. yeah 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 maybe uh yeah it, it it's not not gonna be super fun but congrats to utah state they get the win a big big yeah the the difference between being two and four and and one and five is huge it's enormous it's way it, yeah it's way bigger than it's and sounds. you know we talk about some people don't believe in momentum but i believe in momentum and oh, they've got they've, they've got real positive momentum going forward and you know it's just something to keep an eye on the rest of the way all right let's talk about it let's talk about one of these oh man which one do i want to get angrier but I, I mean these I ugly but, games if you want if you want if you really want to hear me rant let's go with utah and that, maybe yeah. we should save that one for last. Let's yeah, maybe. maybe we save Utah for last as we're both Utah grads. And yeah, it might make the blood kind of boil. So probably have things to say about Utah. Uh, BYU, Notre Dame gets a win, twenty-eight twenty. Came home after work last night, threw this thing on them the DVR, and uh, boy, Austin, it's almost like all those things I've been saying about BYU's defense all year just continued to happen. Like missed tackles, couldn't really get pressure on the quarterback. In the first half, at least, couldn't get stopped, couldn't stop the run game. Like, I, I, I don't know. At what point? And, and, and here's the thing. They didn't have the the benefit of a strong offensive outing to, to mask those flaws. I mean, they were very, they were very revealed. They're very pronounced because uh, yeah, I mean that in the store BYU's games, I think you're right. You know, they have, they have shown a lot of holes on defense, but Jaron Hall has been able to, you know, essentially mask those with, with his, with his performances, a game where he unquestionably was his worst game of the year. I'm, I've, I'm guessing he was probably injured. Um, yeah, BYU just they got it got exposed in a lot of ways. I mean, I bring this number up every week, but I just have to because I did some research for like an article at the beginning of the season and I just really wanted to keep track of it. Sack numbers. I know they are not indicative of pressure. I get that. I get that you can have pressure without getting sacks. I understand that. But in this case, BYU does not get pressure without getting sacks. Zero sacks. Mm -hmm. I, I believe I've had most more of, than two in a single game this year. Baylor, they so let me let's think about it. Baylor, they have four. I know that for a fact. USF, I believe they had one, and I believe they had two in the other two games. So that puts them at like around ten sacks right now. Last year they had twenty. 
So they're on pace to come in under or below an absolutely pathetic number from last year. Um, I mean, it's just wild. Here's here's my thing with BYU. Like, if this was just another year in independence, like, that's cool, that's fine, that's, that's whatever. Uh, this team's not ready for the Big 12. I would they're, agree. Just, they're just not. They're not. They're going to lose their quarterback. They're going to lose two of their best offensive players, probably. They're going to lose most of a really talented offensive line. And the defense isn't good enough or deep enough to compete. They are not going to have a good time in the Big 12 next year. They are not going to, like, they think that, they think that they're going to, if you listen to BYU folks and and BYU fans, they think they're going to walk into the Big 12 and just compete. That's not going to happen. This is where it's I'm going to take a shot at BYU fans. They are traditionally very delusional, um, but so are Utah fans to a large degree. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous how bad this defense is. It's just ridiculous. But the fact that you pride yourself on A, having a defensive head coach, and, and B, recruiting really well in the trenches, which you've clearly done on offense, wh- why hasn't that translated to the defensive side of the football. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable how bad this team is on that side of the ball. And when Jaron Hall has a bad day, because, by the way, he looked clearly injured, um, like, you, you can't compete. And Notre Dame is not a great team. They are not a great team. They, they This is a team that lost to Marshall. Mm-hmm. Like, like... BYU absolutely had a shot to win this game. And honestly, the scoreline, they score in garbage time. This game looks closer than it actually was. Same same with the Utah game. But, I mean, BYU is a great program. And, and they're still probably going to end up with eight wins. Because, I mean, the schedule is ridiculously easy after next week. Yeah, Liberty, Arkansas, Liberty, East Carolina, East Carolina, State. yeah. The, the the trailblazers of Utah Tech and then uh at Stanford. Stanford. Yep. Yeah, like if you lose any one of those games, That's massive, trouble. massive, massive red flags and alarms need to start sounding and being like, uh oh, probably time to start making sweeping changes on the coaching staff. Now I'm not saying Kalani Satagi, obviously, he's done enough to prove that he's the guy for this, but like he cannot just keep rolling out his best friends as defensive coordinators. If they lose to Liberty or East Carolina or Boise or Utah tech or Stanford, because that's just, if you want to say that you've taken your program to another level, that's fine, but there are different standards. And this is the same thing with Utah that we're going to get into here in a second. The reason these losses sting so much, whereas Austin, I would argue these, these losses would have not felt this way two years ago is because within the past two years, both Utah and BYU have established new standards. They have said, look at what our program can do at its very, very heights of its power for BYU. It's, win almost all your games and produce the number two overall pick in the NFL draft for Utah. 
It's win the Pac-12, go to the Rose Bowl, and compete in a game where if you had your starting corners, you probably beat Ohio State. Like, there are just new standards. Mm-hmm. And new these new standards dictate that it's unacceptable to lose to Notre Dame in a year that they are 2-2 two and two and a bad football team. And it is unacceptable to get blown out by UCLA, which basically happened. I don't care about a last-second pick six. Like, the standards have just changed. And we can transition to Utah whenever you want, but Arkansas is probably not going to have K.J. Jefferson next week. BYU has to win that game. If not, I mean, it it gets very, very rough to be – a three loss team on a year you, you really thought you were going to win 10 games. And then sun suddenly you're just, you know, they're doomed right now to the Shreveport bowl of used car salesmen, you know, like they're, they're not talking about a lot of great American cities, uh, Fort Collins, Laramie Shreveport. Yeah. Um, like, what, who, what, who else is in that ilk? Probably like, um, Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Akron. Albany, Bowling, Albany, Bowling Green, Bowling Green, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean you're totally right. And, and it, it, again, you know, it's it, it, it's such it's such a big thing. Like when you when you reach a new plateau, when you get to a new tier to sustain that success, you know that that's where you really build the the credibility and the legitimacy of your program. And th- maybe this is where we can transition into Utah. Um, I, I do feel like this week. Um, I think both BYU and Utah took steps back from from where we would where we as as fans and and sports analysts, you know, think they should be. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, to just go off that point with Utah and transition into them. Oh Utah I would argue is more concerning. Wait, I I this is where I'm going to go on a rant. This is the, the this is what drives me crazy about Utah this year is they're not learning any lessons. They're not fixing any of the mistakes that they've had from week one. And it's, it's so annoying to see them make the same, do the same stuff week after week. They, they, they start slow every game. They have, they're playing from behind. They're making the same mistakes with their rush defense. Um, They're, you know, they're too heavy handed on offense. The play calling is uh, unimaginative and, predictable and um ineffective and i it, it really to me felt like ucla chip kelly knew utah much better than utah knew ucla and the ucla was way more prepared they knew what utah's weaknesses were and they exploited them to a t in, in every in every every weakness that utah has had this season was exploited in the game against ucla and it it was maddening to watch they this they, they haven't learned they haven't improved from week one. Yeah. Would you, would, would you disagree? I don't, I don't have anything to add there. Yeah. I, I think you, yeah, I, you can see, obviously this isn't, doesn't go out on video, but you saw me just sit back there. Like you, you're preaching to a choir like this, like it's the same. They're not getting better week after week. And that that's the sign of a good team is like, you know, they're they're They build on what's working They're They eliminate mistakes. They're not doing either of those things. Here, here's where I have concern with Utah. 
this was not coming into this season was not the fans or the national media or the local media or anyone just blindly putting faith in the youths. That's not what this was. National media pundits don't get on shows like ESPN and say, you know, look out for Utah to be a dark horse college football playoff team unless they hear something. And you heard it from Kyle Whittingham every single day at training camp, every single day from the moment they started spring availability. We believe this team is the best team we've ever had under this coaching staff. Cam Rising is, quote, the best leader I've ever had work under me. These are direct quotes from Kyle Winningham. And what is concerning is that it's not friends of ours like Michelle Bikin and Josh Newman just spouting out like these expectations and, and trying to hype up the fan base so they get more readers. It's not that. That is not the, happening. The program itself sold themselves as, but, as much better than they are. And they're and not. the problem is they misevaluated themselves so badly. The defensive line is not good enough to compete at a national level. It's just not. Totally get, ev- they got two ev- sacks and one quarterback um, hurry. Everyone here convinced themselves that Van Fillinger and Junior Tafuna were these two great, like, next-gen talents at the position, and that Utah had this defense figured out, and that things we last week, Austin, sat on this very program, and when Ajay asked us who's the best group in the state, we said Utah's defense. They may have stupid. We were just wrong. We just, from the media to the fans, but more, like, concerningly. And the thing that should raise the most red flags, and I just cannot stress this enough, is that Kyle Whittingham completely misevaluated this team. He just did. Because there are weaknesses all over it, and he thought he had recruited a team that had none. That's now, what the, I have to say about it. You no, know, the the defense was so aggravating in this game because, you know, I mean, clearly they have a guy who's going to be in, in a, a surefire first rounder, Clark Phillips. And, you know, UCLA did not challenge him at all until the almost the very, very end of the game in, in a drive that was pretty much garbage time. And of course, he picks he picks off like one of the only targets he gets thrown his way, takes it 80 yards for a touchdown. So but so here's the thing. Here's what I'm saying. The defense only had half of the field to work to to try to defend because UCLA did not even consider throwing to Phillips for the 80% of the game. So they couldn't even protect the, that half of the field to any level that would give them a chance to win. And I found that very very aggravating. I thought a lot of I thought a lot of guys played their worst games of the year. Cole Bishop got burned multiple times. Um, for big plays we I mean how many how many plays I I don't have that number in front of me I'm guessing UCLA UCLA had at least five or six you know big plays of over 25 yards and it it was it was just maddening to watch 
it was it was it was it was not who we thought they were. Utah was not who we thought they were. And I, you know, I put this out on Twitter and, and you know, our, our good friend Alex Lumberg got back to me and I think he's right. Like, the other issue is this. We, we have not seen a Utah team be embarrassed like this since really a very long time. That first that first Pac-12 championship game. That's the no, last the, time. their worst loss since that game and the Alamo Bowl that followed. Yeah. Yeah, like that that's a long time. That's that's two years. And maybe and maybe we're overreacting because of that. Because maybe this is just one week. And maybe they go and they return to right cycles and they probably win next week because they don't lose at right cycles. But is it going to shock me if USC comes in here next week and wins a touchdown game? Like, no, not not at all. You're far more optimistic than I am. I think they're in big trouble. But if they are in big trouble, there needs to be massive, again, massive program-wide changes from, like, the Brian Brown brought this up on Twitter yesterday. The fact they don't have a sports performance department, like a, a mental coach, mm-hmm. like you want to, co- you want to compare yourself to Alabama. Like that is what the standard is that you have set for yourself. That is what Kyle Whittingham says when he talks to the media. If you read between the lines is we want to be at a level of a team like Oklahoma state and Michigan and all these national college football brands, national college football brands hire those type of people and don't have holes in their coaching staff like that national and national brands also don't accept failure for, for multiple weeks. I would say the only way I get concerned is if what you think happens happens next week. Because if they get blown out at home, that is not this team is weird. That is a program failure. Like, that is like, uh-oh, something's wrong with Utah. Like, things are not like like what they expected to be. And two years ago, this wouldn't matter because people would have been like, same old Utah. But they are at a different level now. They have shown they can play at a different level. So we have to hold them to a higher standard. And that's really what this whole week has come down to to me. Both these teams have shown what they can do, that they can play big boy college football. And anything less at this point on till the end of time is completely unacceptable. You know what this season feels like to me is it feels a lot like the last jazz season. where, you know, the obviously 2021, the Jazz finished the NBA with the best record in the, the best uh, regular season record in the league. Um, I probably said that weird. I think I did. But anyway, um, and then, you know, this last year, the Jazz like laid an egg and they, they, they like all their, all their flaws came to the surface. They showed they had cra- the kinks in the armor. And I think it's the same story for the Utes right now. Um, you know, they, they put us on such a high with with an incredible season um didn't end tremendously but still a lot of things to feel positive about and i think this year they're the they're the 2021 2022 jazz i think that's the only like just the they're they got too cocky they pushed the messaging that they were the they were unbelievable and now that there's going to be a little pushback they're going to react just like donovan how donovan mitchell did like you're the one you guys were the 
the ones who thought we were all good. Like, no, you idiot. You were, you guys sold that lie to everybody and you couldn't back it up. And now you look stupid. And that's exactly what's going to happen with Utah. Wow. Didn't really think we'd get to a jazz rant today, but here we are. <laughs> uh, it, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I think that might be a little bit of an overreaction. No, it's not. I, I, I they're, think they're going to lose the USC and they're going to, they're going to be out of the PAC 12 conference race. They're going to be out of the top 25 and out of the PAC 12 conference race next week. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see that happening. Because if that happens, then you have to ask questions of Kyle Whittingham as a coach. And personally, I'm just not ready to do that yet. Like, I, you don't think that, that he's going to – you don't think that he's not going to have his team hyped up and ready because people exactly like us, Austin, are saying that they're going to lose way, at home. And, and I love that we're assuming that Coach Whittingham's listening to us, which he is. I'm sure he is. I bet this will get to him somehow, he's, somewhere, yeah, and he'll be like, who's this bozo? Who yeah. is this bozo? That who's Dirk's, this bozo? Dirk, Dirk's kid who can't pronounce anybody's name right. Being yeah, a yeah, jackass. Who, yeah. And who's this other bozo? I don't even know he exists. Exactly. Like, I respect Kyle Whittingham too much as a coach to believe that they will not be ready for USC next week. Because if they are not ready for USC next week and what you say happens, happens, then I will come out hard and I will say Kyle Whittingham needs to retire or rethink coaching or whatever. But I believe Kyle Whittingham is a good coach and has earned enough rope and enough respect to say he'll have his team ready for a huge game on a national level that matters a ton for this program. Because now all the you're done, you're done from the college football playoffs. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe those expectations were just too much for these players. Maybe. People set telling them, like, you have to be perfect. You have to be this the best Utah team we've seen in 10 years was too much. Now the expectations are realistic. The Pac-12 title game. They have been in that title game the past two years. They have gotten there. They have proved they have the coaching staff. They have the talent to get there. And now all they have to do is get there, man. I, I, I just believe that. They'll get it figured out. That's what I've, I think they'll get it figured out. And I think that not being on that national stage anymore and not being in the conversation of, hey, who's going to be the fourth playoff team? I think that helps them because I, I just don't think they were ready for that moment. You might be right, but I, I, I tell you, what, I think we're going to find out really quick into that USC game what Utah's made of. Because if they if they start slow like they have in every other game this year, I think the you, second you, you I just them. awesome. The second you start doubting Utah, the second you start saying they're not ready for this game, the second you count them out is the second they come out and they punch you in the mouth. I hope like, I'm wrong. I would. That's be... the way the program works. Like, there's no way they lose to USC next week. That's just what I, I believe. I would love to be wrong, but I'm. I, I guess. I mean, we live in such a reactionary world. I'm, I'm right. like so, so negative right now. I'm just like that. I was like pretty repulsed by a lot of the issues that that came to the surface during use against UCLA. So I would love to be wrong. We'll see. We'll I'm, see. I'm, I'm, we'll I'm see. rooting. I'm rooting for you. I'm not rooting for me. Let's put it that we'll, way. We'll see. All right. Well, that you know, you thought maybe this would be depressing. 
it wasn't it was fun we gotta like rant a little bit no, get, it, you know we, we cleanse the the cleanse the, the palate and, yeah. and now we and now we move on yep. big week next week this these two weeks this two the other part that sucks about this is this two-week stretch is the biggest two-week stretch of the entire college football season in the state that's just a fact like and to have one of those weeks end in complete disaster is it it sucks so so it's let's not, it's not 2021 i think i think we, we just need to come to grips with that and i think and then i think we'd have more fun but let's let's hope let's hope next week goes better well i, I you know i think i think i think it will and and i i, I hope it will so all right austin it's been good not not fun necessarily because, out, yeah. but but like uh it, you know it's been good to get our, our thoughts and feelings out. But, you know, the way the world is now, they tell us it's healthier to let our feelings out there than bottle them up deep inside. I think so, that's true. Yeah. So I, I think we just, we, we had a nice little therapy session here. Thank you for being here, there for me, Eric. Appreciate yeah, it. of course. Thank you for being there for me. And, you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a and, and hey, let's hope that, you know, you, all the Utah teams win next week. That's that's what we're that's what we're looking for all right you didn't see this on the podcast on the the audio version listeners but i did a fingers crossed right there so yes fingers crossed all right well all right talk to you later that's it we will see you next week peace out